Hey there, I'm Shrivar, the host of this episode of Cost to Company. If you listen to this, you'll only be able to hear part of the episode. To hear the full version, click on any of the full episode links below. Don't worry, it's still completely free and widely available, just not here. All right, on to the show now. Behind every successful man, there's a regressive quote on how women are a supporting act in success. But behind every successful founder or CEO, there's probably a founder's office. They have the magical ability to convert strategic action plans into digestible tasks, OKRs and North Stars into daily habits, and translate lofty one-pagers into actual products used by millions. A lot of startups have this, right? Which is a which is a couple of generalists who who are part of the CEO's kind of uh, SWAT team and they're deployed wherever they want. And that is, is the classical founder's office. That's Ramya. She was the chief of staff at Ola from 2018 to 2019, a critical time in the mobility giant's expansion into different verticals. And from 2015 to 2017, she was at the founder's office at Mintra, merely a year after it was acquired by e-commerce giant Flipkart. We'll be hearing a lot from her this episode. Although there are differences between the founder's office and the chief of staff role, where the chief of staff essentially leads the founder's office and is a co-pilot to the founder, we'll be using the two terms interchangeably, as most Indian startups these days do. Okay, so now back to the SWAT team. See, the people in this team don't mind shifting from one role to another. They're close to the CEO, but closer to the problem. Remember Ocean's Eleven, the heist movie from about two decades ago? While you can argue that George Clooney had acquired a bunch of specialists and not generalists who helped him rob three banks, there was one character who was there with Clooney in almost every scene, although nobody really knew what he was doing. But he was super important still. Brad Pitt. The founder's office are basically a bunch of Brad Pitts. That's to say that they're a bunch of generalists who solve complex problems, but might not be the best at everything. Or anything, really. Now, obviously, life doesn't work in such simple cinematic terms. But so far, very little is known about the people inside the founder's office. And what they do inside, what really goes on inside the founder's office on a day-to-day basis. I wanted to speak to a bunch of them to figure out what really goes on at the founder's office. What are the problems that they solve and what are the problems that they're going through? In this episode, we'll hear the interesting inner workings of the founder's office, why it's so difficult to codify it and why it's the perfect place to be for thoroughbred generalists. Welcome to Cost to Company, a podcast about careers and workplaces by the Ken where we tell you what's happening at your workplace before you hear it on Slack. I'm your host, Shrivar. Where does this term founder's office even come from? 
The answer, as I found out, lies in bureaucracy. Think about it. The current Prime Minister of India has the Prime Minister's office. Many times the Prime Minister's office tweets more important stuff than the PM himself. But then I wondered, when did this start becoming a part of the lingo in the startup ecosystem? No, so interestingly, what I have seen is that company's org structure represents the founder to a very large extent, right? That's Adwait. He's been at the founder's office at CoinDCX, one of India's largest crypto exchanges, and Club, which is into providing capital solutions for digital businesses. The org structure, especially in the early days of the business, is one of the rare things that the founder has control over. You can't control the people that you hire, but you can pretty much control as to where you want to put them. The founder's office is the founder's shield. The SWAT team, like we discussed. And some founders have realized that it works really well for them. And for some startups, it's going on for quite some time now. There have obviously been companies like Inmobi which have been piloting the founder staff program for a while, like close to 10 years now. Uh, even back, if you look at, uh, and again, I would like to challenge that uh, this has been largely a bureaucratic role, right? Even somebody like Sequoia, for example, or Cleaner Parkers, for example, which are obviously cutting edge VC firms, they have had a chief of staff kind of a role for a while now and close to 20 years right now, uh, right, now right? So this has been something that a lot of people have tried. And obviously, if you're coming from a system where you have seen this work and where you have been a chief of staff. Uh, and interestingly, a lot of chief of staffs uh, tend to start something of their own, right? because you are exposed to a lot of things. You're kind of uh, unlike in a functional role. Companies like Inmobi, India's first unicorn startup, have nurtured the founder's office role. The people who were in these roles about seven years ago are in influential positions these days. The Founders Office program at Inmobi was a launchpad, a roadies for really smart people, as it were, where many folks went on to achieve greater heights in other orgs, often as CXOs, and some even started their own organizations. But before we looked at specific examples, I wanted to get an overall perspective of what's expected of a person in the Founders Office role. And what can the person expect on the other side? Adwait from CoinDCX gave us a meta understanding of what these things actually are at the founder's office. There are two key things that you do, right? First is uh, working on new initiatives, which is basically, uh, let's say the founder is interested in exploring uh, a particular uh, new business line, just to take an example, right? Or there is a, there is something cross-functional that needs to be done, which is not business as usual. So that's where uh, you will be uh, 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 tapped on and you will basically uh, project manage that and uh, kind of get things done. Uh, in, in, just to be uh, very, very blunt, right? You will, uh, you will be given a problem statement and you will be given resources that you ask for and you are expected to go out and solve it. That's one kind of a role. Uh, the other kind of a, uh, a role is uh, basically where you are kind of improving efficiency to an extent. Uh, you are basically, uh, let's say, uh, the, let's say the marketing team has been operating in a certain way uh, for the last uh, two years. And uh, the founders are not happy with the efficiency of the marketing team. Then again, you will be asked to kind of see if there is anything that we can do to improve uh, the output of the marketing team, just as an example, right? So there are two very distinct roles. 
Uh, one is much more of a new initiatives kind of a role where you are working on um, new projects, uh, where you're working on more cross-functional things. And the other is more of a project management, continuous improvement kind of a role where you basically uh, identify underperforming areas in a company and you figure out uh, uh, why they are underperforming and what can be done to make it better. Adwait neatly explained the role to me, but I wasn't convinced. Can something so seemingly fluid really be set in stone? Uh, so both of these roles uh, obviously are a function of the stage at which company uh, the company is operating. For an early stage startup, a founder's office role or a chief of staff role would tilt very heavily, heavily in the first uh, direction where you are kind of launching new things, you're ideating on a lot of things, you're experimenting, and if the experiment does not work out, you are kind of shutting down a lot of things. And for a more established company, you would work much more on uh, uh, the second part, which is basically process improvement. Uh, Again, in my head, each role would be a mix of both of these kind of work. Just depends on the kind of company, uh, on the stage of the company, and uh, uh, and the kind of profile that is coming in as well. The age of the startup matters. If you're an early stage startup, the founder wants to try out new things, throw things at the wall, see what sticks. While if you're at a matured state startup, it's mostly about making sure that the processes are efficient. Ramya, whom we heard at the beginning of the episode, was a part of Mintra and Ola when they weren't the behemoths that they are today. She's worked at BCG, Amazon, and Mintra in the past, but is currently the GM at X2Tenx, where she's the head of learning products. I meet a lot of people, including me, who've gone to IIMs for MBA. So IIMs are great at many things, but preparing you for a career in startups isn't one of them, right? And that's kind of the gap that we want to address. And loves going to the movies. Uh, my mother tongue is Tamil, so Pony and Selwyn is the new big thing that's, that everybody who speaks Tamil is speaking about. So we went to watch the movie. It's quite fun. I wanted to get an understanding from the very outset of what were some of the interesting problems that she worked on during her times at Ola and Mintra. She was chief of staff at Ola and at the founder's office at Mintra. So when I was uh, chief of staff at Ola to uh, the marketplace or with Saiki. Saiki as in Saikiran Krishnamurti, formerly at McKinsey and Flipkart, who ended up being Ramya's reporting manager at Ola and even currently at x to 10 um, We were going through a reorg, right? In terms of, um, and I uh, basically led led that, right? So I came up with the options and uh, worked with Psyche on figuring out what options make sense. You've reached the end of the first part of the podcast. To listen to the full episode, click on any of the links below. The episode is still completely free and widely available. Thanks for tuning in.